You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are tuned into the Decoding Success Podcast. Today, sheesh, I got some fire for you. Today, I am joined by none other than Patrick David. Patrick is a wildly successful startup entrepreneur, the CEO of PHP Agency Inc., emerging author and creator of Valuetainment, which you can find all over YouTube, delivering such amazing, inspirational, motivational, educational content. Now, as a natural critical thinker, Patrick takes complex leadership, management, and entrepreneurial ideas and converts them into simple life lessons for today and tomorrow's entrepreneurs. He is passionate about shaping the next generation of leaders by teaching thought-provoking perspectives on entrepreneurship and disrupting the traditional approach to a career. And today, I am beyond grateful to share with you all that are tuned in right now a very meaningful conversation I recently had with him. I can't even call it an interview because it was just such a free-flowing educational talk and I am just grateful for the fact that that I have this platform right here, the Decoding Success Podcast, to share it with all of you today. But before diving into that, I want to introduce you to another way I can add value to you via a partnership, the Decoding Success Podcast, formed with Amazon's company, Audible. If you're a hustler that's on the go, maybe you're seeking more time to self-educate yourself because, hey, listen, we only got 24 hours in the day when we're all freaking busy. Or maybe you genuinely just want access to the insights of the world's most successful individuals whenever and wherever you are, well, Fortunately for you, Audible and our show have teamed up to deliver you a free audiobook of your choice. All you have to do to claim your copy is head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success. You can find the link that I just mentioned in the show notes of this episode right here, right now. It's literally that simple and there are zero strings attached. It is completely free. So add that to your list of things to do before the end of the day. And without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Patrick David. Patrick, first and foremost, I always start the show off with gratitude. And not only do I want to say thank you for you being here today, but I want to say thank you for your service, right? I think that is something that I cannot let go unsaid. So Thank you again. I'm excited you're here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Of course. Of course. First question, straight off the bat, I have this no fluff, no BS policy. First question, how do you define success? Alignment. Uh, So to me, it's what I believe in, my values and principles, if it aligns with the way I live, that's success. Meaning, if you are somebody that is completely okay uh, working nine to five and coming home and watching Empire at night and watching a sports game and making $62,000 a year and a good marriage to you is every night at six o'clock you have to have dinner with your wife and kids after coming home from work and all of those values and principles matches the way you live, that's success to you. But at the same time, if you are extremely ambitious If you're a big thinker, if you want all the attention, all the accolades, all the fame, all the success, all the legacy in the world, but your actions and your work ethic doesn't match your values and principles, you're very unaligned, that's failure. So success is alignment to me. I love that. How do you find yourself staying aligned? Because uh, I'm sure at points, you know, you get off track, right? So how do you find yourself staying aligned? Well, that's the question. So anytime you... 
uh, so so what, what it's, it's such a great question to ask because anytime you find yourself being unhappy or your confidence is low or you're second guessing yourself or you're kind of like wow I don't know why I'm thinking this way why am I kind of not that confident when I walked into this meeting why am I not confident with the marriage with the relationship with my friendship with my business with my board you will know something's out of whack something's on a line you'll know it the world won't know it you'll know it and when you feel that way, you ask why you feel that way, what is unaligned, you bring him back to being aligned, then obviously you win. Bezos uh, once said, they asked him a question, they said, uh, uh, what is uh, uh, success to you? He says, uh, uh, regret minimization, which means the fewest amount of regrets to have in life, right? So, and I think uh, uh, we're all tempted to do things that hurt us in every aspect of our business, in every aspect of our lives. In marriage, you're tempted. If any man has a penis between their legs, they know exactly what it is when they see beautiful women. You're tempted. You know what happens when you start having success? Everybody is turned on by you. They like power. They like fame. They like, you know, seeing if they can get the one man that is not touchable. You know, this guy's untouchable. Can I get him? There's a victory to it, right? And how do you fight off those temptations when you're married and you got wife and kids? That's not an easy battle. Many people lose it and none of us are perfect. Or if it comes to business, you get a lot of opportunities that come your way to say yes to. With money, it's a shortcut. It's quick money. If you could do this, you could make this kind of money. And if you can make that kind of money, in my business, I run a financial firm. And we grew the financial firm from uh, my background. I was in the military. When I got out of the military, I wanted to be a bodybuilder, but then I met a girl named Jean-Vierre at Venice Beach, California. She approached me. We started dating for six months. And then she was working at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. She would always pick me up in beautiful cars. And one day I asked her, how did you become an advisor at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter? She said, I went to UCLA. I got a degree in a lot of the Laker players are my clients. I said, I'm not going to school. She said, it's the number one mandatory thing they need or else you can't even interview with them. I said, I'm going to get a job at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. So I made a resume and I made a cover letter. On my cover letter, I put a joke and I faxed to 200 different places. I got the job. When I got the job at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter, I got three offers, Morgan Glenda was one of them. I started the day before 9-11. So I get my series 766, 3126. I started selling stocks, bonds, mutual funds at 21 years old. My clients are 50, 60s. Then I go to Transamerica, then October of 09, I start my own insurance agency with 66 agents and we grow it to 9,600 today. De La Hoya is my investor, Gabriel Brenner, who owns the Houston Dynamo is my investor in Adelaide Fund out of New York. That's a $2 billion fund. They're one of my investors. Throughout this process, as we're building this insurance company that's grown to having 9,600 agents, over 100 offices nationwide, fastest growing insurance agency in America, everybody has approached me with a product. And here's what it sounds like. Uh, Pat, uh, you realize if you put this product within the system, no one needs to know you'll make an additional $2 million a year. You know, if you add this additional product, this is going to make you $9 million, but no one's going to know, but no one's going to know, but no one's going to know who's not tempted. But if you do that, then you're unaligned with your loyal people. And if you're unaligned with your loyal people and you lose trust there, you lose trust with everybody. So it is a question, great question to ask, but if it's, it's something you will struggle for the rest of your life, no one is perfect. The more you stay close to being aligned, the more you increase the speed of success. I'm curious now to, to ask, you know, you just brought us through your journey and I think it's really amazing like what, you, what you've been able to do and what you still do today. At some point during this journey, did you ever feel like you were an imposter or just have, you know, some sort of imposter syndrome in regard to confidence and things of that nature? Tell me what you mean by that. So, 
perfect example is what happened to me yesterday. I, I, I kind of felt this overwhelm, right? I, I was looking at my schedule. I have nine speaking engagements coming up next month. Listen, I've been planting the seeds, right? I, I've earned this. I, I've put in the work for this. But then when I look at it, what qualifies me to do this? You know, and it's almost as if I don't believe in my background. I don't believe in, you know, what I've accomplished in life. So that, that's, that's what I mean by that. I'm going to be very transparent with you. You may or may not like my answer, but I'm just going to please be, please be. So here we go. So you may use this in your podcast. You may not use it, but it's going to be up to you. Look again, it goes back to who you want to be. For example, when I go to an event and a guy gets up and speaks, who is a podcaster or a YouTuber, I only see them as a podcaster or YouTuber. Example, look at the marketplace of all influencers. Look at all of them. Okay. Who do you gravitate to the most? Give me the names. Give me three to five names. One would be Damon just because I was in close proximity of him for X amount of years. Uh, I love Lewis Howes. Lewis Howes is great. I think he's super vulnerable. I I follow you. I I love your stuff. Okay, great. Now watch Uh, this. You said Damon John, right? Has he created a successful business and sold it and made money? Well, he's definitely created a successful business for, for certain. Oh, I mean, it's unquote, you can't even question it, right? You know it, you work closely with them, FUBU. You know, he knows what it is to create a product, uh, to have a niche, to be in one of the most difficult industries in the world, fashion, and to break into it. It is politics, it is dirt, it is ugly, it is, you need luck, you need the right opportunities, you need to get the right people to wear your stuff and post the pictures to get other people to say this select. It is a lot of work to do what he did. When he speaks, I'm going to listen because I relate to a guy that's growing a business as well. Now, you said Lewis House is another one because the exact word you said immediately was what? You used that word twice now so far in this video. It's vulnerability. Vulnerability, which means to you, that's value to you because your entire life, maybe you've had to hide behind certain things because we have a facade and imposter, right? Because it's like... I feel like I have to act as if, and I feel like these handcuffs and chains are gone because Lewis Howes inspired me to say my parents got a divorce. You know, I, I, I had baseball scholarships, 17 years old, hurt my shoulder. I don't know how you did it, whether you punched the glass. We had a kid that was going to the NBA, got into a bad fight in our high school. He punched the glass, he cut his entire wrist. Everything was gone. This guy would have gone straight to NBA and he ends up being a regular guy working at a tire shop, making 40 grand a year. Like this, you go, so that hurts some people. So vulnerability, I'm opening up, I'm being that. But I had a guy that flew in from Toronto and him and I sat down and he started asking me for my counsel. And he says, Pat, you know, um, how come you don't sell any products online? I says, I don't need to. Yeah, but you realize if you did, you make so much more money. It's, it's not what I want to do. It's not like I, I saw a lot of guys that were coming up. Oh, this guy did this one video. He spent $5 million on ads. He made $10 million and he sells these courses. Great. That's not my alignment. That's not who I'm aspiring to be. I am not aspiring to be that person. But this is the other part you got to realize. There is nothing wrong with that. You understand what I'm saying? Like there is nothing wrong with being Damon John, Lewis Howes, you know, all these other names. But... If you want to get the same reaction that a Gary gets or a Damon gets or a Mark gets, 
you need to do what those guys do to get the same reaction, which is they're building a real business. When you build a real business, you get that level of respect of building a real business because, <laughs> you know, I had a guy yesterday, an Uber driver picked me up. And one of the things I do when I get into an Uber driver is I love conversations. I'm like you, you're asking me these great questions, but I'm proud of your questions you're asking so far right off the bat, great questions you went into. We start having a conversation together. And then the conversation led to, him saying that he thinks America owes his community a certain thing because of what happened. And I said, you know, I'm half Armenian, I'm half Assyrian. The Ottoman Empire did one of the most ugliest things ever. One and a half million Armenians went through genocide, 1924, April 15. 750,000 Greeks and half a million Assyrians. I am half Armenian, I'm half Assyrian, born and raised in Iran. I lived there 10 years. I saw the bombing we got bombed 167 times in one day when I was living in Tehran. We're crossing over a bridge. A bomb dropped right behind us, 100 yards behind us. The bridge is coming down. My dad's telling me not to look back. While we're in a white Renault and I look back, I'm like, oh, my gosh. All of that creates angst, anxiety, panic, you know, all this paranoia, all this fear. We come to America. My dad's a cashier at a 99-cent store. And he said, you know, I don't have the luxury of other people because some people got generational wealth. And I didn't get generational wealth. And that's why I'm not successful and it's unfair. I said, generational wealth, huh? I said, buddy, my dad's a 99 cent store cashier. They got a divorce. My dad's not giving me a penny. What generational wealth? The best thing my parents gave me is bring me to America. I served the army. It's amazing to be in the army. And he says, I know what it's like to be in the military. I said, have you ever served? I haven't. He says, but I know what it's like. What would it be like? So we're going back and forth. I said, look, I don't know what it's like to be you in this situation, but you don't know. And we're going having this entire conversation together. But there are a lot of people that want the respect and the influence of certain people without doing the work. And it just doesn't happen. In the mob world, okay, in the mob world, if you're in the mob world, there's a big difference in the mob world if somebody does a job and you're a soldier or an earner. Earners become Capone. Earners become Gotti. Earners become Michael Francis. Soldiers are Sammy de Gravano. Soldiers are different than earners, okay? I don't know if you know the difference. Like an 100%. earner makes you in New York, so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and an earner, I was there two days ago, an earner gains the respect, an earner is creating jobs, an earner does certain things. In every single world, world this is why I said alignment. If you're okay, with the space you're going into and the, with the level of influence you're going to get with the space you're going into, go at it. But if you want the level of influence that somebody else has based on the success they've had in the world of business, then you have to go do what they did in a different industry. Your industry may be not closed like Damon John. You may do you know, what, what you got in the back. Is that Biggie in the back? Is that Biggie in the back? Yeah, the that's Biggie in the back. You may go do something that's bringing back, like you may create a product and you'll say, look, uh, East Coast, West Coast, United States of America. And you may put Tupac on one side, Biggie on one side, and you may create these collages like iconic and your message is a unifying message. And people say, man, that's kind of cool. And all of a sudden you see me putting the picture of Tupac and Biggie right now on my wall. I got one Snoop, Dre, and I got a Tupac painting on my wall, but you may turn that into a business. And that becomes collages. And your message behind your collages, I wanted to create images of polar opposites to say, we can unite. So cats and dogs, you know, some people are dog people, some people are cat people. I'm unifying America. 
Tupac and Biggie, East Coast, West Coast, enemies, unify, right? Whatever it is, that could be your business you start and your business behind it has a message. But it all depends, uh, Matt, on what you're trying to solve for. If you're trying to solve for the level of influence certain people have, then you got to adjust. But if you're trying to solve for, like when we were coming up, we started our YouTube channel. We started being approached by a lot of people. Hey, let's team up and let's do this. One guy approached me and he said, we are doing a, a video with the following groups of people that did the secret. I don't know if you remember the secret, you know, the secret laws of attraction. Do you remember the secret? Totally, yes. So it's like, hey, you know, we, we want to have you be part of this group. So I went and met with the group and all the executive producers, everybody flew and we spent time with them. And I said, I sat there and I said, this is great what you guys are doing, but I'm not the right candidate because I'm not this community. And if I go into this community, I'm part of this community. I am not this community. My community is a different community. You don't see me speaking at all events. You don't see me collaborating with everybody. If I do, it's because there is, there is a commonality. There is something going on there. So, you know, you, you seem like you're asking the right questions as you're coming up. It seems like you're asking deeper questions yourself and you're a transparent guy, which means if you really, and you said you're 26, 26, 26 years old, what a great time. Let me tell you, 28 was the biggest, most confusing year of my life. It was very weird because you're getting closer to 30 than you, to 20 and 26. It's funny because you're questioning everything. You're wondering, am I making the right choices? What am I doing? What direction am I going? Do I deserve this? Do I not deserve this? Don't try to drive yourself too nuts, but uh, uh, also allow it to give you clarity on what next moves to make. But I remember being 26 and you're asking the right questions at your age. So kudos to you. I appreciate it. And, you know, one thing I want to talk about is the post that you just put up recently on Instagram about, you know, have, have uh, big dreams and, and small worries. Now, I feel like my dreams are massive, right? My, my dreams are massive, yeah. but at the same time, my, my worries kind of match that, you know, so like, how do I develop that mindset where I'm not as worried. And, you know, uh, I'll be honest, like I, I put a lot of trust in my faith. You know, I'm a spiritual guy. I put a lot of trust in my faith. And this year on my vision board, I have faith right in the middle of it. You know, I, I've rekindled, you know, going to church and things of that nature. So it's definitely helped, you know, and, and listen, I'm a lot less anxious than I was in prior years, but at the same time, I still feel that worry. So how do I flip that switch in my mind? I mean, listen, you, you said the one thing that most influencers don't want to talk about. You said faith. Think about it. How often you see influencers talking about faith? Honestly. Never. Think about what you just said. You go study all these influencers, see how many of them talk about faith. They don't because, hey, I don't want, I have to be very technical so I don't lose the right people. And what if I do this? I'll tell you something that is crazy. If, if people who know me, they know this. I don't think I missed a single day of church for like 11 days, 11 years straight. Never. That was my gas tank. I was an atheist 25 years of my life. You have to realize this. When you live a life I've lived, when you're seeing bombing, all this other stuff, you don't believe no God exists. At six years old, I was being kicked out of Bible study because I would question the Sunday school teacher. And I would say, how does a God exist? Well, we just got bombed 50 times yesterday. You tell me how God exists. And she would tell my mom and dad and say, we can't have this kid in Bible school. He keeps saying, how does God exist if we got bombed 50 times? And I don't have an answer for that question. And he's disrupting the class. I was kicked out of Bible study at six years old in Iran from a Christian church. They said, your son can't come back here. The teacher didn't know how to handle me. No, but uh, you know, to answer your question for you, faith has played a very, very big role in my life. A very big role in my life. So that's good you're doing that part. Good for you with that part. 
but the other part is also knowing that peace of mind for me comes from two places. I'm an anxiety guy. I'm an I'm a anxiety guy, meaning I went a year and a half with having anxiety attacks every single day, year and a half. And by the way, this is not in my 20s. This was at 33 years old, year and a half. Every day I was going through it and uh, I had no idea what to do. I was like immobilized almost. I'd get on stage and I'm speaking, I'm getting anxiety attacks. I'm like, last thing I want to do is getting anxiety attacks on stage. My palms are getting sweaty and I've never my entire life have had these things. So I sit there and I assess it and I start studying everything on that. I'm like, you know what? What is causing this? And the formula is very simple. If you feel depressed, you're living in the past. If you feel anxiety, you're living in the future. Very simple formula. Just remember that. Depressed, you're thinking too much about the past. An old breakup, old girl, baseball, you're going there, divorce, parents, mom, that's all depression. Anxiety, can I one day be like that person? What if I fail? What if I do this? Anxiety, 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 right? So as you're going there, you have to bring it here and stabilize it, right? And you, you try to stabilize it, keep it out. It's going to go here. It's going to go. You got to bring it back up in the middle. What I did permanently to bring comfort to me so I don't have to worry anymore is... Every aspect of my life, I want clarity in, every aspect. I want clarity in the way I parent kids. So I don't feel like I'm a bad parent because I'm trying to be like Jones's husband and wife. I could care less about how you raise your kids. I care about how I raise my kids. And I'm very comfortable with the way I raise my kids. I'm not the best dad in the world, but there are a certain set of principles I have that I want to pass down to them. And I'm, I'm clear with it. I'm good. I don't worry about that part. Marriage has to have clarity, very clarity. And marriage, a lot of people don't talk about the stuff of marriage. Sex has to be clear. Pleasing each other has to be clear. Respect has to be clear. Love has to be clear. Finances has to be clear. She has her own money. You have your own money. We have our own money. So if she wants to go splurge on certain things, you're not getting upset. If you want to do it, she's not getting upset. You want to buy stupid baseball cards that may be stupid to her, but you to you, special is fine. She wants to go buy six Louis Vuitton purses. It's her money. All of those things are clarity. All of those things is clarity. Business is clarity. So for number one to me is all clarity. Asking enough questions until I'm clear. And if I don't have questions, I keep asking, 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 asking until I'm fine. Like, boom, got it. Makes sense. Okay. So once I figured out to me alignment was the key to success, I, there's no more judgment to people. Do you, do you understand what I mean by that? I can't judge other people anymore because as long as other people are aligned with what they want to do, there is no judgment. You understand what I'm saying? I may question your capacity. I may say, hey, Matt, why don't you think bigger? You're capable of doing so much more and using your God-given abilities. And you may say, Pat, I'm very content. Cool. I just want to let you know that if you're 68 years old and you look back and you ask yourself, I didn't use my talents to reach my capacity, you have to be able to accept that. I'm going to be okay with that. Go at it. You're totally fine. But if internally you say, oof, I don't think I'm going to be okay with it, then you got to step back and readjust and figure out what you need to do next. So number one is clarity. Number two is the following. It's proven me well. I mean, in so many ways. I was 14 years old. I go to YMCA gym. I was 6'1", 135 pounds. And my name is not Tyra Banks. Let me say it again. I'm <laughs> 6'1", 135. You know how skinny that is? Very skinny. My entire junior high school, they called me Somalian as a joke. And I know today you can't use a word like that because it's PC, but that's all they call me because I was so skinny. They would question if my parents fed me. I was that skinny. So I go into the gym and I pick up a weight and a guy says, I'm benching the bar. I'm so embarrassed. I got three sweaters on. The bar is 45 pounds. If you can't bench the bar, I mean, you, you got, 
you got problems if you can't bench the bar. And you know when you don't have muscles, it kind of shakes when it's coming up. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So I'm benching 45 pounds, and the guy knows I'm embarrassed. He says, come here. His name is Fred, four years older than me. Big guy with bench, two plates. He says, Patrick, rule of thumb. Every week you come into the gym, I want you to add two and a half pounds. And don't worry about what everybody else does. Just add two and a half pounds. I said, what do you mean? He says, next week when you come to bench, do 45 pounds plus two and a half pounds on each side. I said, come on, that's embarrassing. He says, don't worry about it. You do it, I'm going to be here. I'm the personal trainer. I come next week, two and a half pounds. Next week, five pounds. Next week, seven and a half pounds. Next week, 10 pounds. Next week, 12 and a half. Next week, 15. Next week, fast forward 17 and a half years old. I'm bench pressing three plates and 35s on each side. I'm curling 90 pound dumbbells. And my aspirations are to go be a bodybuilder. The only reason I didn't become a bodybuilder is because I didn't want to do trend, transipinate, you know, growth hormone. I didn't want to do all that stuff and put my body through it. I saw too many of it. And I was too tall. Typical bodybuilders who win, they're six, six, six feet, five, ten. The old tallest one was Arnold, but that was back in the days. If you're Arnold's height today, you got to be 400 pounds. I'm not going to be 400 pounds. The point is that stuck with me in every aspect of my life and business, the two and a half pound principle. Everything today for me is beating my prior best. As long as I'm beating my prior best, as long as I'm increasing, as long as I'm improving, I'm good to go. I'm not trying to beat other people for the longest time. I was so flipping competitive. I wanted to kill everybody. But one day I asked the question, if I beat you, does that mean I am reaching my capacity? Not necessarily. I may beat you and still be way away from my capacity. But if I reach strive to reach my capacity, I may beat 50 guys above your level. You may beat 50 guys above my level because you're reaching capacity. So my entire MO became clarity and seeking my capacity, seeking the company's capacity. When I do that, I don't have to compare myself to anybody. Peace and happiness are there. I don't have time to worry because I'm chasing the dreams and I'm doing it by being clear and constantly beating my prior best. I love it. No, that's great stuff. That's literally great stuff. I'm a big believer that the only person that we really compete against is, you know, who we were yesterday. So I love that. And I want to talk about that whole, you know, uh, you know, capacity thing. If there's someone that's out there that really, you know, feels like they could do more, but they're actually scared. You know, I know you have that quote and I actually wrote it down so I don't mess it up. You said most of the greatest world changers and heroes of all time are at the graveyard undiscovered because they never sold you know, sold out to their dreams and desires. So if there's someone that's listening right now and, you know, they have these amazing aspirations and dreams, but they're scared. You know, I, I've been there when I was working with Damon, I, I left one of my positions with him. I, you know, I'm grateful I had two jobs with him, but I left the main one because I, I just felt like I needed to make that change. So I, I mean, I faced the fear, right. And I, I felt, you know, that, that thing in my gut that was telling me to make the move and I, I acted on it, but if there's someone that feels that thing in their gut or the intuition, like, and they're scared to act on it, what's your advice for them? Uh, clarity. It goes back to clarity. So, yeah. you know, uh, uh, look, everything in life is about odds. Everything is. Let me explain to what I mean by odds. Do you have a girlfriend right now? I don't. I don't. It's, it's tough in New York City, man. Yeah, it, it, there's beautiful women in New York City, but, you know, I understand the market there. It's the... It's the one place that I knew every time I went and partied in New York when I was in my early 20s, girls flirt with men. It's the other way around. Like, they'll come up to you if they like you. It's a very aggressive women in New York. I got to give <laughs> But, you know, I, I, when I tell you girls, this is what I mean by this. When you get married, 
and you make a decision of one day, get married. Say you say one day, I'm going to get married. Great. Whoever you marry, it's not guaranteed it's going to work out. Matter of fact, there's a 50% chance it's not going to work out because that's the numbers today. So how do you increase the odds of this marriage working out? Well, there's two types of questions you got to ask. One of the questions you got to ask is, are you done being single? What do you mean, Pat? Let's face it. Are you okay being married? Meaning that's it. One. If you know what I'm saying when I'm saying one, that's it. Okay. You're okay with that because you know, men like new experiences, right? Are you done with that? My dad told me when I was young, very interesting feedback he gave me. He says, Patrick, go have as many different types of sex positions, women as you can until it's out of your system. This is my dad's advice he's given. Very strange advice that, you know, many fathers wouldn't give their kids. I'm saying, why would he say something like this to me? Because is it out of your system? Is there anything like you didn't experience? Like, oh my gosh, what if one day I feel like I missed that? Because a lot of times the opposite happens. A guy who hasn't had a lot of experience marries the second girl he had sex with. He's 41 years old. Now he's extremely successful. He's getting so much attention. He doesn't know how to say no now because he's never experienced this kind of a, uh, attention before. So what happens there? That's a whole different issue you deal with, right? So odds, you don't know the odds, but one is the questions for yourself. Am I ready? What are my no matter what? What are some things I don't do well with? Why am I putting myself in a position to be with a woman that is similar to the last two I dated and the last two had this one quality that irritated the hell out of me and she has the same thing and I'm still dating the same. No, why am I, why am I trying to make this work? And I know it's not going to work long term. Why am I doing that? Now you're going towards emotions. Emotions are taking you there rather than you sitting there and realizing they're making the tough questions. This is just not going to work out. I dated a girl one time, cover model. She was in movies. People know who this woman is. We're together for three years, dropped that gorgeous. Everywhere we went, everybody would stop. And we were together for three years. We're about to get married. Everything is good. <laughs> I did the craziest exercise. One day we're in the car. And most people think I'm weird when I say this. We're in the car and I said, listen, I want us to go 30 days without having sex. And she said, what? I said, I, I want us to go 30 days without having sex. She says, are you seeing somebody? I said, no, not at all. No, you're seeing somebody. I'm telling you, I'm not. You, you, don't, you can't do that. We go two, three times. I'm telling you, I want to go 30 days, no sex. And she says, you can't do it. I said, you'll see. I said, but let's just try. Okay. It's Saturday night. We go to eat something. Then we go to movies. I have my expedition. The back has a lot of room. So in front of her house and she looks at me. So what do you want to do? I says, uh, you can go upstairs. Are you kidding me? What do you want to do? I said, no, you can go upstairs. Then she reaches over with her hands and she knows I'm ready to go at it. You got to go upstairs. So I have to go. I leave. We do it again and again and again. And then when she realizes I'm being pretty serious about this and I realize we have nothing to talk about. Nothing. But the sex was amazing. I'm going to get married to somebody just because sex is great. No, I'm not going to do that. I assess that and I realize, dude, I love you, but we ain't going to be together long term. So odds were against me because if it's just on sex, eventually when kids come, family comes, you age, stress, everything. If you have nothing else in common, you're going to be bored. So one is me knowing my quirks, knowing my frustrations, knowing my things. Then the other is her. What do I like? Is that going to work? 
can we get along money? Can we get along with this? This is why with my wife, I married our second date. I bought her a book called 101 questions to ask before you get engaged. And I did that exercise with the book with four girls I was talking to at that time. We went Saturday next week, six hours after sitting down, going through every single question together. I said, sounds like somebody I can marry. A year and a half later, we got married and we're happily married. We fight all the time, but we've been together for nine and a half years. And I keep saying, I think we can go one more year, maybe one more year, maybe one more year. But you still don't know till today. So when you ask the question and you say, you know, what do you do when you're going through all this stuff and you're worried and all this stuff and your desires are so big, but you don't know what you're doing. You have to realize you could make a decision and there's a 72% chance that it's the right decision you're making, but there's still a 28% chance that you could fail. Every day as a business owner, I invest $600,000 here. We're getting ready to invest $2.2 million into project here. It could be the wrong decision. It could be the wrong decision. And many times it may be the wrong decision, but everything you're doing is purely based on odds with access to all the information you have. So as you are making the next decision in your life, whatever that may be, business, finance, career, women, men, marriage, kids, buying a house, buying a car, traveling to a new location, teaming up with somebody else, finding a new business partner, whatever it is, you have to ask that question based on those two areas. Is it going to work with my personality? Number two, what are the risk? What are the odds? Am I okay with this risk, with this odd? Okay, let's do it. No problem. And then you make your decision. And once you do, no looking back. Because you knew there was a slight percentage of not working out, and you have to be okay with that. Because there is no 100%. Nothing is 100%, right? Everything's about odds. So if you look at life from the odds standpoint, things will become a lot more clear and easier to make the tougher decisions for you. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Uh, you know, understanding and accepting the fact that, you know, you can potentially fail, I think is huge. And the the whole no looking back, I love how Tony Robbins says, you know, you have to burn the boats if you want to take the island. So uh, I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, I want to respect your time. I, I, I could sit here and talk to you for literally hours. My, but My wife is outside. So if you want to go for 10 more minutes and we'll wrap up, that'd be great. So let's go till 10, uh, 45, whatever you're looking at is 45, you're East Coast. So 1245 is good. Let's do it. Let's do it. I always finish off this, uh, any interview with two questions. The first being, what was a piece of advice that you were given that you didn't want to hear, but it proved to be true over time? So my dad, my dad could be a modern day philosopher. This is a very weird human being. Like you sit with him, he gives, you, you know, he's the kind of guy when you talk to him, he says something, it doesn't make sense at that moment but it makes so much sense two days later. That's my dad, okay, very deep guy. If you meet him one day, you'll see how this guy's wired. So one day, I have this friend, I'm in this business, and I am working my ass off. I mean, I'm working 100 hours every single flipping week, nonstop. (laughs) When I came home, by the time I was done working, never made it to my bed. I'd fall asleep on the floor. Okay. I mean, I'd never make it to my bed. I was like, I'd come back, you know, grab something, eat something, lay down, gone. Okay. And I was very common for me on how I was running up, boom, get back out again. And then there was this one guy who I went to first grade with in Iran, fifth grade with in Iran, uh, junior high school with, high school with, army with, Bally Total Fitness with, everything with. He and I were together. I was doing everything in my power to make the business work. And this guy 
hated to work. He gained so much weight. He gained 280, he went to 278 pounds and he was 5'8", and he blamed the business on how much work it is, and this is why I'm gaining weight, and every time I was around his mother, his mother would say, working too hard is not good, you're a bad influence on my son, you're working too hard, and, and I'm just, I was trying to force somebody to see what I, what they couldn't see. I was trying to get you to want to win, but you didn't really want it. And so what happened is, my dad kept saying, Patrick, he is not you, and you wanting him to have the same level of desire as you. This is not going to work out. And the way this is going to end is he's going to end up being your enemy, and he's going to hate you for the rest of his life because you're forcing him to be somebody he doesn't want to be. And what ends up happening? Look what ends up happening. When an office leaves, I have to pay rent every month. I have to pay electricity. I have to pay AC. Every time people would leave the AC on, I would be the one being stuck with the bill. And so I'm running this office, I'm paying 10, 15 grand a month. And, you know, he says, Pat, I can't pay rent this month. I'll take care of it. I can't pay rent this month. I'll take care of it. Eight months later, I'm covering this guy's entire bills. And he's making money. He just doesn't want to pay the rent. He wants to keep the money. And finally, what ends up happening is it doesn't work out. He leaves. He blames me. Doesn't work. None of it was the kid's fault. None of it. Every one of it was my fault. Because my dad's advice to me was, you are forcing people to want it as bad as you, and they don't want it as bad as you. You got to go find people who want it as bad as you. And it's not this guy. I was 25 years old at the time. One of the best lessons, listen, from that age till today, there is no business association with this human being. None. There is no relationship, you know, trying to rekindle this relationship. There is still animosity. Because I don't want it to be, you were working too hard. And I hear the stories all the time. I don't blame him though. The fault is on me. Makes sense. The fault is on me. And my dad was absolutely right. So the, the point I'm making with this is you will have certain peers, certain friends, certain people you like, relatives, that you want them to want it as bad as you. They just don't. And the more you force it upon them, the more you're going to create an enemy fastest way to create an enemy is try to force somebody to change force big difference between inspiring and forcing you try to inspire somebody they have to do it on their own you try to force they better do it or else it's a completely different relationship so that was one of the things my dad told me many many years ago that gave me a lot of clarity when it comes down to relationships and people i'm dealing with yeah that's a major value ed i respect it if someone ran up to you today you're on the street patrick i'm a success-driven individual i only have one minute what's a piece of advice that you can give me to help me achieve my definition of success? What would that piece of advice be? Clarity. It's, it truly is clarity. Um, look, you, you, look, look how many different people win in so many different ways. Think about it. People win in so many different ways. Are you a sports guy? Are you just a baseball guy? You're all sports. All sports, man. Football, all basketball, sports. baseball. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this. Let's go to baseball. How many different ways is there to win in baseball? You need to score runs. I need to hold the other team to to zero or lesser points. Think about it this way. Somebody may say pitching, right? Somebody may say philosophy, which is we bank on on on-base percentage, right? Some people may say we win because we have the biggest payroll. Our name is the Yankees, right? Some people may say, hey, we win in a small market and we win by doing X, Y, Z, St. Louis Cardinals, hey, we win Diamondbacks because we do it this way. 
But there's so many different philosophies that you can still win with. In basketball, we win because of strong defense. We win because we have an incredible center. You got to come through the middle. You're not going to make it through the middle. We win because we have great shooters on the outside, Golden State. Hey, we win because we have an incredible talent we build around. We win because my name is Greg Popovich. We built around a system. We win because we build around LeBron James. We win, be- But there's so many different things that you can win around. Football, defense, offense, special teams, trick play, systems, great quarterback, running. People have won with terrible quarterbacks. People have won with great running backs. People have won without running backs. People have won with great receivers. There's so many ways. But you got to get clear on how you want to win. So to me, one of the reasons why I'm hosting this conference in uh, uh, Dallas, May 1st to May 4th, is the most common question I get asked from people that run businesses, those that are doing, you know, they're doing 10 million plus per year, is they ask different questions. The questions they ask is systems. What systems do you use? I'm a big systems guy. If you follow a lot of value, Tim, and you'll hear me constantly talk about system, system, system. Eventually got to a point where I said, I don't know any other way to do it than to show you my systems, how I track numbers, how I track hiring, firing, culture, uh, how do I put a team together? How do I identify who to develop, who not to work with, what leader to work with, who to put together on a CMO position, compliance, you know, cash, finances, money, you know, what investors to find? How do you find investors? Everything to me became getting clear on a system. If you look at valuetainment, it's all a system. Motivation Monday, Tuesday how to, Thursday interview, Fridays before they were billionaires. It's all a system. And then I bring it and I add it. Everything here on the way we run things is all system driven. So the vault conference I'm putting together, that'll be in May, from May 1st to uh, May 4th, it'll be in Dallas. We just announced Michael Francis will, will, will be one of the keynote speakers. He was the highest paid mobster in the 80s. Guy was making six to $8 million a year. He's going to talk about power plays that apply in the mob world that also apply in the business world. You got to learn what to do when you're getting bullied. He'll be talking about that. Some of the guests will get a chance to meet him. And then I'm bringing the number one illusionist in the world that'll be performing for us. Some of the stuff this guy does is sick. And then I'm about to announce a new speaker, which I'll be announcing on Instagram here pretty soon that we'll have there. But it's three days. This isn't 30 speakers and they all sell your programs to you. This is not that kind of an event. This is three days of all the strategies I've used in a manual over to you. We're filling in together. We're processing stuff throughout the entire time we're together in that three-day conference. And so uh, you asked the question about success. For me, I wish it was about a one-minute thing. It's more about getting clear and finding systems that you can use in your life to get the same kind of results that other people got in their lives. And I'll be doing that at the vault for somebody that wants to find out about the event. They can go to valuetainment.com. Uh, there's five packages for ticketing. CEO package is already sold out. It took six days to sell out. Uh, there was 25 seats there. Founder was 75 seats. There's only two tickets left. They'll be able to join us in the after dinner and then come to the home office and get a tour. And then the other three, there's still tickets available. But I'd, I'd get registered if somebody wants to go to that three-day conference ASAP before it sells out. 100%. I could already imagine how much value you're adding there. Now, where could people keep up with you on social media uh, on top of the, the conference? Just go to YouTube, type in Patrick with David, and I respond to messages on Twitter and Instagram. So if somebody wants to get a response, you send me a message on Instagram or Twitter, both of them handle Patrick with David. I will get back to you 95% of the time I'm able to to get back to people. Pat, I really do appreciate it, man. It's been a pleasure chopping it up with you. Matt, great questions, buddy. Proud of you. Keep it up. There you have it, my friends. 
straight from Patrick David himself. Man, I am just so grateful for this interview and the fact that I have a platform to be able to share Patrick's insights with all of you that are tuned in right now. If there is one thing we can all take away as a whole, that is to 100% find clarity in life, not just in business, but in your relationships with your significant other, your families, in your friendships, in yourself, in your desires, in your dreams, find clarity in it all. I consider myself to have pretty good clarity in a lot of aspects in my life. I believe I'm pretty self-aware, but after this conversation with Patrick, I feel like I can find deeper clarity and meaning. So that's where I'm shifting my focus. And as you know, as the saying goes, where your focus goes, energy flows. And listen, make sure you stay in the loop with what Pat has going on. This guy literally adds so much value on a day-to-day basis, whether that's his YouTube channel, to his live event that's coming up in May, to Instagram, and so on. And do your inner circle the favor and share this with them. If this message hit home for you, just like I know it damn well did for me, don't be selfish. Blast this one out and let the individuals around you soak in the value as well. Until next time, be blessed. Peace.